This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, and... Let's welcome back Felicia Canny, Director of Marketing, who is returning to us after a long absence, the prodigal participant in Toledo's Symphony Lab. Welcome back, Felicia. Yay. Happy to be back. No. We are so happy to have you here. <laughs> You've been on maternity leave, obviously, yes. with your, your young newborn daughter. Yes. How's that been going? You know, I, I was telling Merwin this morning that it felt like a long weekend. <laughs> really? <laughs> Wow. It's a very long weekend. Yes. The long, long weekend. One of my favorite things about Felicia's maternity leave is that she would take pictures of all the sweets that she would bake, oh. which would make me feel like I needed to do more baking or cooking. So you yeah. had a direct impact on the quality of life at the Vassar household. Oh, well, but, but you texted me a picture of you, you baking. I made a pie. Um, I oh, made yes. some cheesecakes. Uh, yeah. I, but, uh, Was all, this a competition? Well, with you, everything's a competition. <gasps> That's so okay. true. <clears throat> true. Well, well uh, welcome back, Felicia. It's great to have you, you back in the regular chair. We saved it for you. Oh, good. Uh, That's not true. <laughs> I know. We we had a few other guests, but now we've good, thrown good. them all aside under the bus, and we brought oh, you goodness. back. The team is back together. Yeah. Speaking of baking goods, uh, it is still that time of year, my friends, of course, when holiday cheer is being spread far and wide. And also, if you turn on the television... You find all kinds of holiday movies, and that is where we're going with this episode of Toledo Symphony Lab. We're taking as a point of departure today the classic film, wait for it, It's a Wonderful Life. Ah. See, I just gave an angel its wings. Get it? <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Definitely nobody in this room getting their wings today. But yeah, we're, it's a power. <laughs> we're, taking, we're taking It's a Wonderful Life as sort of the theme of, of this episode today. Uh, first, I should probably ask, has anybody seen the film? Oh, well, sure. Has anyone not seen the film? Well, it has been since 1996, 1997 that I last saw the movie. I might have seen it through... Some sort of osmosis, maybe. You've never movie. seen this film? <laughs> Having the movie on while Felicia, what were you doing games? on maternity leave? <laughs> baking. <Duh>. Trying to <laughs> sleep. <laughs> baking, um, sleep baking. <laughs> yes. I think that's accurate. Wow, that's amazing. I'd like to not try that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, th- this is one of those movies that for a long time was out of copyright control. So it could be yeah. played 25 times at the Christmas season. And, uh, I think you just spoiled one of my quiz questions for uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's sorry. okay. But sometime, probably in the mid-90s, it was put back into copyright control, and it was aired, I think, now once a year. Um, but it's a, uh, it's it's one of my favorites. You know, it's just a, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's a little strange for its time, but, you know, it's a, it's a holiday classic. When you say a little strange for its time, can you be more specific? Well, it, this whole idea that Jimmy Stewart's character has... Um, <laughs> wakes up after uh, a depressive episode and, yeah. and and never exists and he has to go see what his life or what what everyone else's life would be if if he were never there and he sees that his wife is a unhappy uh, unmarried woman that his um you know the the wonderful town of Bedford Falls never quite prospered the way it did if he had lived and that mean old Mr. Potter had way too much power and you know blah 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 yeah. but you know that's kind of an alternate reality it's a little sci-fi if you think about it um 
but uh, it, it's much more like Groundhog Day, um, but set in the 1940s. Yeah, and it was not a, a box office hit by any means. No. There's a great story about uh, the director, Frank Capra, when he pitched it to uh, Jimmy Stewart. And halfway through his pitch, he started to realize what a downer the whole story yeah. was. <laughs> and he said to Jimmy Stewart, I guess this isn't really a very good story. <laughs> we is should it? just scrap it. Well, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and he was such a good comedic actor um, and, and, and certainly a dramatic actor. I think this kind of falls somewhere in between. Um, yeah. yeah. But when you think about the opening scene or two, you know, after he loses all of his money by accident um, inside a newspaper, uh, he's ready to jump off of a bridge. Yeah. You know, that that's, uh, you know, happy holidays, folks. <laughs> well, we were a lot closer to the Great Depression that's true. when this film was made than we are now. So you put it in context. I mean, it, it was maybe a little bit more understandable yeah. as a, a movie trope. You know, that's to fair. Be used. Evidently, uh, Stewart's rejoinder to Capra after he, he stopped in the middle of that pitch was, listen, if you want me to do a movie about a a guy driven to suicide who rescues an angel out, uh, jumps off a bridge and rescues an angel in the water. I'm all for it. Where do I sign? Right. <laughs> so he saw the uh, he saw the potential. Well, of wait, the film Zach, right you, you do a pretty good Jimmy Stewart. Let's well, no, hear that rejoinder. We, we uh, as a Muppet, if I yeah, recall. Yeah, I was just going to say that I, I I really do hope that the. Um, the inspiration for this program was was actually the episode a couple weeks ago when, yeah. when Tim Lake was was doing a Muppet Jimmy Stewart. Well, if we were to cast the movie, though, this I mean, is you what could we be, miss. Yeah, Zach could be it. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, who would you be, Felicia? Would you be Zuzu or would you be Mary? She hasn't course, seen it. She doesn't know what that uh, is. Uh, well, take Mary. a guess. You'd be Mary? Mm, yes. Okay. Mary. Well, <laughs> I get to be Clarence. Who are you going to be, Mary? You get to be Clarence. <laughs> you get to yes, be Clarence. <laughs> he just got his wings. There we go. I, I feel like you haven't left me a lot of choices. Merwin is Zuzu. Well done. No, uh, Mr. Potter. Merwin, yes, Merwin's petals. Petals? <laughs> Wait. Right? Zuzu's petals. Was That's it right. petals? No, it was petals. They're literally it? petals, like flower petals that yeah. belong to Zuzu. So not, you... not bicycle petals. <laughs> petals. English. Anyway. Man, all these angels are getting I their know. wings today. Throughout feels, the entire I feel episode like I'm really today. part of something here. Yeah. Thank you, WGTE. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I asked everybody to do was, and this is really not exactly the way that the film happens. In the film, we see how other people's lives would have turned out had, you know, George Bailey not lived. So we've sort of twisted that around to our own purposes, and everybody has written their own alternate history. What may have, you know, transpired differently in their life had they taken a different turn somewhere. I so, should point out I wrote mine under the influence of Bailey's. <laughs> George appropriate. Bailey. Yeah. That's not yeah. actually true. <laughs> Every time you take a swig, an angel gets its wings. You know, right? it's funny. I actually wrote mine at a bank building and loan. That's amazing. That's amazing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, Both well, of you? Well, the wonders never cease. <laughs> See, now this is the voice that I missed here. Yeah. Felicia. <laughs> like just and her. <laughs> chastising us. For... Chastising? Really? Exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Alternate histories. Here we go. I'll read these one at a time, and then we each have to guess whose is whose as we go along. Obviously, if it's yours, you can't guess. Or you can fake guess if you want to throw other people off. But here we go. First one. Partway through my honors thesis for my English literature degree, I had a horrendous case of writer's block. Instead of pushing through and completing my paper on scatological imagery in D.H. Lawrence, 
I decided to scuttle the entire project and instead complete the preliminary sketches I had made for an operatic libretto on Aristophanes' Lysistrata. The paper only got a C-, which told me that this had a lot of potential as an opera libretto, and I beat Mark Adamo to the punch in composing and premiering the opera. At an after-party, I met a struggling young composer named Lin-Manuel Miranda, convinced him to abandon his Broadway dreams about a musical based on an obscure founding father, of all things, and partnered with him to instead create the groundbreaking tragicomedy 1812, the first of a trilogy of hip-hopperas examining American-Canadian relationships. The Overture to 1812 becomes the most requested piece of 21st century classical music, causing radio hosts and symphony administrators everywhere to have to constantly ask, wait, which 1812 Overture? Ta-da! That has has Merwin's fingerprints all (laughs) over it. I'm sorry. Halfway through, I started doubting myself, and I wondered if Brad had incorporated some of the fake ones he made and just paid very, you know, good attention to what our likes oh, no. are dislikes. You'll, you'll know when it's one of my fake ones. <laughs> you'll definitely know. Yeah, I think that the giveaway was definitely Canadian-American relationships. There. Oh, I think at the very beginning I knew it was Merwin's. Yeah. You knew it from the yeah. beginning? The literature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good one. Okay. Yeah. Here's number two. This story begins in grade school. A young student loves the stars and decides that they want to be an astronomer. They go to the principal and ask what they need to do in order to become an astronomer. The principal says that you must be very good at math. So, the student works very hard, becomes a math genius, and eventually wins the Nobel Prize in physics. Yay! Who would that be? Well, while you were reading the story, I pictured little Zach... <laughs> going through. No. I knew it was wrong, it's but I picture Zach. little Zach doing that. That brings it down to three. It's not you. I think right? it's Cresswell. It's me? Yeah. Yay! That's right. And <laughs> it's actually a true story up, all the way up to the math part, because when he told me I had to be good at math, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is over. <laughs> I actually thought it was you, but then all of a sudden, when, when you said the student decided to work very hard, I was like, oh, that sounds like Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> No, see, these are alternate histories. <laughs> these, are, these are things that never could possibly happen. And okay. what are the rules of the game again? <laughs> okay, here's the next one. This self-proclaimed risk-averse person majored in actuarial sciences in college was president of the ASS. <laughs> actuarial Sciences Society. Uh, not going to touch that. And got a job right out of college working for Ernst & Young as an actuary. Driven to high achievement, this person passed all exams in six years and earned the highest designation, Fellow of the Society of Actuaries, FSA. On free time, this person hangs out with pet cats Fibonacci and Digit and enjoys <laughs> baking. Maybe even sleep baking. Oh. <laughs> Anybody know who it is? Do we even have to guess? I, I would go for Felicia on this one. Yes. <laughs> Good job, Felicia. And then you you said your daughter wanted you to add, and then a dinosaur came and ate everyone. Yes. She wanted that to be the tag at, at the end of every story. Why, why such violence? I don't Does know. Does she play with what? dinosaurs at home? We have it. We we're going through things. <laughs> now the other thing I want to know is: there's such a really such a thing as an ASS? I was a part of it really? in undergrad at BGSU. Were they even aware that? Oh ASS yes. Is oh, a... 
Oh, yes. <laughs> so much pride. I, I doubled majored in uh, music education and actuarial science. How do I not know this about you? I've told you many times, Dad. Actuarial science? <laughs> yes. No way. Yes, I have told you. I know you, you were in the flight corps. I knew that you had a fascination flag, with math. but Flight corps and orchestra should still be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know but you played I, the oboe. So I doubled majored, and I was part of the society, and uh, this leadership team had um they d- created these t-shirts it was red and the only thing on it on the back a s s wow nice. yeah so you, you wanted to join the society just for that i probably right? quit because of that <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm I, you know at the risk of, of embarrassment i can't exactly remember what an actuary is can you tell us well it's you, like you better know it's for like insurance like insurance companies like analyzing you know the probability of people so you were good at math was yeah can you tell us the probability (laughs) of our making it out of this podcast alive uh let me pull up a spreadsheet (laughs) (laughs) okay one more well Uh, there's process of elimination (laughs) this is suddenly anticlimactic let's see if we can guess i also don't I, i don't like the uh the i don't like the setup as much as everyone else did oh you don't want me to say yours now no you can it's just okay a little depressing. It's well. It's a little more in line with <laughs> it's, a it's a wonderful life. life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think Zach was thinking it's a wonderful life when he was writing this. Would have spent a career working in big business, despite the opportunities for international travel and bonuses. This person would have focused less and less on art, and the ways it can change lives. December's would be filled with booking new business. Instead of playing sleigh ride, and while this person and their family would be happy, they would never truly unlock the power of Christmas. <laughs> I think you're reading of it, Brad. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> really that needed help? that. Well, you know, I, I mean, many people probably know that this is not my, uh, th- th- this is a dream job. And uh, all I can do is compare this job to the career I had before this and uh, how much happier I am working in this. (laughs) I feel that this is is a wonderful life. Yeah. I'm very lucky to have it. Well, let's brighten things up a little bit. I have some alternate, (laughs) alternate histories. Oh, good. Okay, so I have written my own alternate, alternate histories for each of you. You have to tell me who I'm talking about, okay? First one. This person, having been warned by their father to avoid the music of Gustav Mahler at all costs, <laughs> develops a phobia against all classical music except Tchaikovsky for some strange reason. <laughs> Driven by their resultant obsession with Tchaikovsky, they decide to become a ballet dancer, thus launching their legendary career as La Mamma Gingera. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know who that is? I thought this was an alternate history. Yeah, I feel like that, yeah, this, that's a little too close to home. This hits yeah. a little too close to home. I'm yeah. looking at a picture of myself as Mother Ginger right now. It's <laughs> semi-alternate <Yikes>. history. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Here's the second one. After barely surviving a deadly attack by the Asgardian Loki, this violinist decides to jump ship and leave the Marvel Cinematic Universe Loki. for the DC Universe, <laughs> where, having been traumatized by their experience, decide to turn evil and take up the identity what? of Isaac Bowen, also known as the Fiddler, arch enemy of the Flash. 
What? Who would that be? Merwin? Wow, you just ruined my Halloween concert cons- <laughs> costume for the next Wait, Merwin gets a whole Halloween oh, concert to good, himself? Yeah, His costume. That would be crazy. Costume. That he wears I meant You're going to be the um, fiddler. I like how you just brought in like several of the different utterances from the Halloween. Um, was it the Halloween episode that we talked about the fiddler? I don't no, know. that was the hero. No, the oh. superhero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. See, this is I'm, I, I try to connect oh, back to the past, right? And sometimes it's completely by accident, but I'll take it anyway. It's very meta. I, I like the way you're doing. Yeah. This. Well, now okay. I'm really scared <clears throat> for mine. Well, here's yours, Felicia. Oh. You ready? Okay. <laughs> this person played the oboe at an early age. One day, just by chance, while taping an episode of their favorite podcast series, they discovered they had a talent for a different instrument. <gasps> Can you guess what it is? Kazoo Virtuoso Felicia Canning? Yay! Alto the recorder. Kazoo. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, their twin sister got a hold of the kazoo they originally wanted. They got it for Christmas, thus dashing mm. their hopes <laughs> of kazoodom forever. Kazoodom. That always happens. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. I feel like the you, you didn't write for one that. for yourself, there, Brad. Oh I mean, no! You're like no, <laughs> no, no. Sorry to say, I did not. Uh, although you're welcome to try if you if you want to. Okay, uh, time for what I call it's a wonderful quiz. And since nobody except for Zach has actually seen the movie <laughs> all the way through, I think we can declare him the winner ahead of time. But we'll go ahead and do it anyway. That's the first. Okay? No, I'll find a way to lose. I'll bring up. Let me bring up. It sounds just like Bedford Falls. Exactly. Okay, here we go. It's a wonderful quiz. The author of the original story sold it to Hollywood by... Was it having it performed as a stage play? Was it putting the whole script on a 21-page Christmas card and sending it out? Or was it sending the script to Jimmy Stewart? I'd go for A... I'll take Having B. Having it performed as a stage play? Mm. No, that's not right. I Would will you... take B. B. No, there's no way it fits onto 21 pages. He made a 21-page Christmas card and mm. sent it out to people. The whole story was on it and, mm. it, and it got picked up and bought by a studio. Amazing. Question number two. Before Jimmy Stewart was attached to the film, the studio wanted who? Was it Cary Grant, Clark Gable, or Tony Curtis? Any takers? Gable. No, it's not Gable. Grant. Yay, you got it. <laughs> Cary Grant. Cary Grant. There Isn't it is. that true of like every movie made in that era, though? It's that, hey, you know who we should get for this? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get Cary Grant. I bet you he'd be great in this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, number three. The film bombed at the box office. What saved it was, A, the studio forgot to renew the copyright, B, it was bought by NBC and played incessantly on television, or C, <laughs> the Supreme Court ruled that it was in the public domain. Which one of those was the initial cause for the popularity of It's a Wonderful Life? Zach, you talked about this earlier, so you should get it. Well, yeah, I, I, I was hoping to abstain this one. It, it, yeah, they, they forgot to renew the copyright, so uh, for a period of time, you could play yeah. it as much as you want. Yeah, and it was played as often as possible. Okay, here's the next one. The community that claims to be the inspiration for Bedford Falls, where they have an annual It's a Wonderful Life Festival, is, is it Niagara Falls, is it Seneca Falls, or is it Hudson Falls? 
Niagara, Seneca, or Hudson Falls? This is a city in upstate New York. I will go with Hudson Falls. Mm. Ooh. Seneca oh. Falls. Yay! All right. Guessing helps. <clears throat> Guessing is totally <laughs> helpful. Seneca Falls. I mean, this is a big deal, and they just had it uh, uh, not too long ago in early December. Did Jimmy Stewart show up? They have a, well... You know how Disneyland has characters that walk around? They actually have people dressed up as characters from It's a Wonderful Life, just Amazing. walking the streets yeah. and greeting visitors and greeting people in the streets. They have showings of the film. They have various presentations. They do showings of the Donna Reed film. Wow. I think Donna Reed's kids have, were there giving presentations on her. They have exhibits. You can go to the bridge that they say was the inspiration for the bridge that you know Clarence jumped off of, and you can buy a bell. They sell bells there as well and they have a gingerbread house making competition i mean Ooh. what could be better i can see i would fail <laughs> i disagree i think didn't you, you make like seven gingerbread houses on maternity leave they all collapsed oh, okay. <laughs> well Except because you, were, you were sleeping when you made them that yes. was the problem <laughs> Sleep seneca falls so if you're a you know if you love the movie it's a wonderful life you might think about taking a trip next december to seneca falls for i that feel festival. like this will be on our run out schedule <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's add it that's quite a run out yeah eh, okay our, now we all remember do you remember the swimming pool gym sequence or like dancing in the gym and then uh, a kid comes and hits the button and, and it opens up and there's a swimming pool underneath it seemed like really bad architecture from my perspective yeah. Well, that's a real thing. You know, Beverly Hills High School, that's where it is. They call it the swim gym, and it's a real thing, and it's still there. I mean, and, and yeah, you hit a button, and, and the gym comes out, and there's the swimming pool. I feel like if you were maybe running down the court with a basketball, it would just sound like you were running on a drum, right? Because it's, it's hollow underneath. space. Yeah. <laughs> it would also smell like chlorine. Yeah. All the time. Well. That's an improvement over most gym smells. <laughs> Point for Merwin. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely a point for Merwin. I'm going to write that down. So my question is, uh, the the kid who pushed the button in the film, it's an uncredited part. And and it's one of these people. You tell me which one it was. Was it Carl Switzer, who was Alfalfa and the Little Rascals? Was it Robert Blake, who was in Our Gang from MGM? Or was it Roddy McDowell when he was a child star of Lassie Come Home? One of those. I was just going to say Kevin Bacon, but I guess I was <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not Kevin Bacon. I Alfalfa? Have no idea. Sorry, would you say Felicia? Alfalfa? Yay! Yeah, oh, it wow. was Alfalfa. That's how I, Carl how Switzer. I got through my math degree. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Really? Okay, for the film special effects, Frank Capra invented a new kind of was it fog, was it snow, or stars? What did he invent for special effects for the film? I feel like snow. Yeah! It was snow. I feel snow. like snow. <laughs> I, and I'm inspired because of recent performances of The Nutcracker where tiny little bits of plastic bags showered gently <laughs> upon the orchestra pit. Yeah. What did they use for snow in The Nutcracker? It looks good. Tiny little bits of plastic bags showering <laughs> into the orchestra It looked yeah. so good. Yeah. It did look good, though. He often yeah, I just, I, I just <laughs> No, I, I thought maybe you were just making that up. No, no, I wasn't. Because back in the time when they made It's a Wonderful Life, they used to hand paint cornflakes 
and use those as snow. What, why, when did Seems... soap come along? I mean, soap flakes was the most natural snow. Well, I this thought. was before snow snow flakes. So this is before Potato snow flakes. flakes. I feel yeah. like that should work well. I'm, I'm sure there are all kinds of flakes uh, that Hollywood has used over the years. Did you say this is before snowflakes? Well, I mean, no, haven't there always is, been snowflakes? This is before soap flakes. Soap flakes. There we go. Yes. Mm. Um, and so what they did, the problem was, is cornflakes, as you can imagine, all those cornflakes falling down and people walking around, you hear, you hear crunch, crunch, crunch. Sure. It was very noisy, so they had to invent a non-noisy kind of of snow. I feel like the flakes would fall too fast if they were cornflakes. They wouldn't fall. I right. don't know. I don't know. Maybe we ought to do an experiment. Someone's... You can try this at home. So if you drop a, a a piece of um, cornflake and you drop a piece of soap, do they fall at the same velocity? Well, absolutely. That's gravity. That's a law. It's just like the air that would keep one from from hitting at the same time. If you did it in a vacuum, they would both hit at the same time. See? This is someone's job. Educational <laughs> podcast. This is what actuarials do. This no. is this is why I won the Nobel Prize in physics, right? Psychics. Yeah. Okay. What did not happen when George was never born? Okay, this is what this is one of the things that this did not happen when George was never born. So it did happen. No, it so just it didn't, didn't happen. happen it's a double negative. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. Felicia, you're good at math. Tell him why he's wrong. Which, which of these did not happen when George was never born? One word, never born. I feel like this is like some discrete math. Yeah. Where's the parentheses was in this it? equation? Yes. Yeah. His uncle went crazy, his former boss went to prison, or his brother died in the war. Which one of those did not happen in the alternate history B. of George Bailey? B, his former boss went to prison. No, he actually did go to prison. Because Didn't George wasn't there to stop him from poisoning a, a child, oh, remember? So, yeah. doesn't his brother drown in the... So, I would say his brother does not die in the war. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is like a... This is, oh, right, someone. of course, his brother drowned because yeah. he wasn't there to save him. Right, I'm sorry. Here's the final question. Which of these is not a quote from It's a Wonderful Life? So, it is a quote. <laughs> no, no. Which like, one no that doesn't necessarily mean it is a quote. Brad's like frustrated. Which one of these? I love that Merwin has head down okay. on the table right now. Final one. Which one of these is not a quote from the movie? No man is a failure who has friends. You've really had a wonderful life, or each man's life touches so many other lives. Number two. Number two. Yeah. Oh, it's not number two. Oh, I told that's actually one. in the movie. <laughs> no. You know, Brad, I'm going to go one. for number three. <laughs> it's all of the above. Ah. Actually, those are all quotes from Clarence, the angel, who just got another pair of wings. <laughs> so wait, they are quotes from the movie then? Yeah. Was was I confusing? Was I not wait, clear? Yeah, I thought which say? one was not a quote mm. from the movie. Yeah, which one was not a quote? It was a trick question. So wait, should we go back in time and double check? They yeah. were all quotes from the movie. <laughs> so the answer the is none of these. <laughs> yeah. Not all of these. Yeah. Yay! Okay. So they're all quotes. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's tally it up. <laughs> oh, my let's gosh, see, we I've actually kept score? Yeah, one, he was, two, he was two, going all Carl Castle over there. Four the for Merwin. Yeah. One, Did two, you include my bonus? Three, one for four for Zach. <laughs> did you include? I got a bonus for something. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember what. what. Oh, I did get a bonus. All right. Well, yeah, you did. But Merwin wins. Yay! But Merwin wins. Merwin I told you, I'm the only one who's seen this movie in the last 15 years, and I will lose. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I think that was a, a, a pretty good subject for our podcast. Absolutely. It's a wonderful life. It What's is indeed a wonderful life. Well, so what, we're, we're out of time. We're, well, I was just going to I was going to close with one question. Okay. What makes your life wonderful? What makes my life wonderful? Family, music, friends, um, and, and the opportunity to share all of that as well. Well, I don't share my family, but sharing with the music. <laughs> and I don't share my friends that much. Take my wife, But sharing please. the music. <laughs> it's like, I don't share. Okay. Actually, let, let me just take that all back. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. Felicia, how about you? What, what makes life wonderful? What really makes life wonderful for me is pizza and ice cream. Okay, Felicia. <laughs> well, I, I think I just have to copy your answer, Brad. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Ditto. Pizza and ice cream. <laughs> That's a ditto. <laughs> That's a ditto. Zach, your turn. Just uh, the 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 beauty of art and the ability to share it with so many. Merwin, making connections with other people. Nice. Okay, <laughs> I want to thank everybody: Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, and Felicia Canny. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org/lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. I'm Brad Cresswell, and you've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.